Time's a waste and time for Gene Shepard here on Mass Backwards WBAI New York from March 31st, 1966. This one's called, this one's got such a strange title, I'll have to read it to you. 1098 or Hamsters in Space. Side to Jim, that's P-H-T-T on Schmiedco 199, side A. And here it is. light up and 
All these people who sit around with their horn-rimmed glasses. And I come on and sing, Hunt John, Rooty-Dooty-Dooty, Rooty, Rasmus. Oh, listen, uh, do any of you klutzes out there know where I can get myself uh, one of these uh, table model radios? Now, listen carefully. Now, I'm not, because they're going to be calling. You're not going to know what was being said. I, I I am looking for a table model. It's funny how how much ahead I am of the hired help. Because uh, after all, I'm a hired help myself, and I know how the hired help thinks, like hardly ever. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <be> terrible. <coughs> Brack. Now, uh, does, do any of you klutzes out there know? Seriously, friends. <laughs> Seriously. Do any of you know where I can get a table model radio? In a wooden cabinet, the kind, a small one, you know, the AC type, the kind uh, that was what they call the cathedral model. You know, the kind that uh, is the cathedral, Philco Cathedral. They, they, there were several companies that built that type of radio, but I'm looking for the Philco Cathedral model. And, uh, yeah, that kind, just like that. And I don't want somebody to say, yeah, we've got one of the, we took the guts out and we're using it for the canary. No, I, I'm talking about, I want to... I want one of these things. If you've got one crummy old, uh, it's gotta, it's gotta be in the, you know, workable condition, not necessarily work. Did I ever tell you, you know, speaking of, uh, speaking of the uh, magic of electronics, the fantastic joy and delight of the electronic world. Uh, excuse me while I try a little listed you wave pattern on you here. Put that on your scope, Dad. And do you want to try another one? Let's uh, adjust it now to 37 degrees, huh? And we'll increase the uh, the horizontal pulse frequency. Isn't that fantastic? That was a triple figure eight. He listed you figures. You want to try another one here? All right. Uh, I will give you a sine wave uh, that cuts off at 7,000 cycles, flats out uh, just below. All right. All set now. It's a bad one. Fantastic. The magic of electronics. Now, uh, speaking of the magic electronics, so we've got this nutty engineer here at W. Of course, that's almost a redundancy. But uh, we've, we've got this nutty engineer here who, who's got, he's gadget happy. All, almost all engineers I know, you know they, they light up at a Bakelite knob. Oh, yeah, their eyes just bulge and they shine. They never hear what's going through all them little things. They just, they see the world as a series of little flickering needles. And, uh, I've known guys, I've known guys who sat out and, and watched, uh, or listened to a show. It can be a Lawrence Olivier. It can be a guest appearance by one of the lesser known saints is appearing and St. Gregory himself is playing the trumpet and all that. And he'll sit out there and I'll say, wasn't that a good show for these? I don't know. There's, I don't know, they were flattening out on the highs there. They were flattening out, and you know, they weren't riding the game. You know, the trouble thing. And, and they see it as a whole series of little flickering meters and little lights and listed you figures and scopes and so on. Well, we've got this nutty engineer, see, who's a real, he's, he's, listen, he's got gadgets. You know that he's been working for years to put wheels on his feet? Yeah. I mean, he's an improvement. He's already got hinges in his knees. They work little buttons in his pocket, you know, that transistor amplifiers and all that. And he's got this car, see, and it's got stereo. Of course, he's got it would have stereo. <laughs> Not that he doesn't get enough of it, you know. And it's it's got stereo, and it's got these tape-recorded type stereo. You know, it's got a little thing. It's It sticks a uh, little cartridge into the slot, 
Now, I, I, I don't know what kind of an absolute idiotic nut would buy that kind of a thing, but he's got it, see. If there's anything that I would hate, it would be Muzak pursuing me down the Jersey Turnpike. And he's got this thing plugged in, see. And so it's playing. It's got... And it's playing hour after hour. Now he has come up with a great idea. He is going to program his stereo tape cartridges. Instead of just playing music, he is doing a whole series of sound effects. So, for example, when he quietly slides up behind the guy at a stoplight, all of a sudden you will hear... And he just looks out, bland look on his face, you see. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they could do to a guy like that. He's planning to do that. Now, I wonder if there's any law you can do about that. And incidentally, you know what he's going Huh? Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm coming to that. Uh, more than that, did you hear what he's going to do? He's going to install two 15-inch Wharfdale woofers in his grill. I mean, he wants to make sure they hear him, and he's going to put all the tweeters out there in the back, in the trunk, you know, the little grill in the back there. And then so he wants to, he wants to ride into the tunnel. See, this is what he, he's got a big bit. He wants to ride into the Lincoln Tunnel. Now, as you all know, the radio and everything turns off in the Lincoln Tunnel. And so he wants to ride along, and you know how quietly everything goes along in the Lincoln Tunnel? Cars are going along there, and they're just, all you hear, you know, the tires going. Well, what he wants to do, see, he wants to program this thing. He has about a 15-second lag delay on the tape. And so as he gets inside the tunnel, all of a sudden, out of his little car will come... Ah! Fantastic scream will echo from one end of the tunnel. Then he just drive along like he's seen nothing. Of course, they're going to put the B on him at the end. And I can just see this cop saying, All right, all right, pull over the side there. We heard you. The first murder that occurred in the Lincoln Tunnel... Come on now, you... Okay, gee, these nuts are killed people. And he'll pull over. What do you mean? What are you talking about? And by that time, his tape recorder will be playing some quiet, sentimental music of some kind. Oh, it doesn't matter. It'll be playing. Yeah, cha 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 I hear you. I hear you talking. I hear you laying it out, man. Oh, what a melange. Oh, yeah, modern man marches along. Yes, sir, he's not going to be left behind. When you go over the cliff and down into the abyss, you're going to be accompanied by stereophonic sound that has beautiful... <laughs> That's going to be the one moment. It's got to happen. It really does have to happen. You know, a guy with a complete set of jazz in his car. You know, everything. You know, you can get refrigerators now. You can, of course, air conditioning in is... Uh, Air conditioning, you get with a little bar in the back seat. You can even get a television set. We have a nut here that's got a television set installed in the glove compartment. Get this, of his stingray. I am waiting for the, yeah, I'm not kidding. I am waiting for the night. That nut, sitting, you know, driving along, and his stingray's going 400 miles an hour. You know, this thing is, you know, 427 horsepower, 19 forward speeds. He's whistling along the turnpike. 
and he's he suddenly something gets him. You know, he's going to be watching the some late late movie, and all of a sudden, W.C. Fields is going to be looking out at him from the glove compartment. Says Chinese people, and he's going to bust up and boom. He's going to go whipping out of the back end of a semi and out the front of that semi flat like a pancake. And that TV set is going to still be working. And that's the only thing that's going to be alive. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. You know, I, it's got to happen. It really does. Cars, of course, are getting to be moving houses now. In fact, m more guys, I'm t I know guys that have got a heck of a lot more conveniences in their car than they got in their house. Now I know you know I know guys that have got bars in their car. They they don't even drink. You know they saw it on the list there of a fantastic new options that you can show your individuality in your new car. You know so they get the bar. You know and it's got little gin bottles and it's all got little plastic bourbon bottles and everything. It, it falls out of the, the bucket seat. Well named. You know some of those guys have to be poured into the front seat of their cars. Bucket all right. You know it's got little handles on the back and he's got the bar. He's got the air conditioning. He's got the stereo tape recorder at the multiple sound, dual diplex sound expanders. You know, so there's music all over the place. Oh, sure, they've got tinted glass, all red, white, and blue glass. You, know, you can get all the way around the whole thing now. Antennas, stick up two-way radio, the whole bit. And he's going to be whipping along in the dark one night. I just, everything's going. See, the, the air conditioning has just turned to blowing cold air in his face, you know, he's sitting in his air conditioner. In the back, the refrigerator is just turned on. You know how the refrigerators turn on when they go on? You see, his, his ginger ale is getting cold, and his tab is cold in the back there, you see. And the stereo tape recorder is going, la cha da cha cha da la And it's playing away there. He's got his windshield wipers. You know, you can get a shower in your car now. And, uh, yeah, you can get little folding bunks. The back end folds up, and there's a candle for the dog. Whole, oh, the whole shlomo. He's driving along there, you know, the little... He's got little vases on the side with little plastic flowers. And he's driving. He's got everything, but, you know, it's got a balsa wood transmission, see, of course. And it has a solid balsa wood suspension. You don't worry about that. And he's whipping along there, and everything is going... And all of a sudden, out of the darkness, it's got to happen. It's just got to happen in our time. A guy's going to come whipping out of the darkness with his hay mow or, or his hay rack somewhere. Some old farmer in Pennsylvania, you know, he's got nothing but an old plug, a horse. See? And it's going clop, 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 clop. And he's going across the road there, and he's got a load of rotten apples or something, you know, on the back end of the wagon. And here comes old Happy Charlie. His music is playing. His air conditioning is shooting out cold air. He's also got the heater on, too. He wants everything going at the same time, you know. Heater, air conditioning. He's got the windshield washers are going, and his little bar is going like mad back. You can get an automatic cocktail shaker. You see, that goes while you go, you know. Shaking up the martinis, and he's got the television set going. He's got the Beverly Hillbillies on. Little knowing that he's about to hit a, a hillbilly in about 30 seconds right into Kingdom Come, a real one. He's got everything going, and all of a sudden, and that's it. That's it. You can see apples coming down. It's like a big mushroom cloud of apples and horse and, and the wagon and farmer and it's all coming down. You see old Happy Charlie? He's got his paisley colored seatbelts, which do everything but keep you safe. He's got these paisley colored seatbelts, and he's descending now, and you can hear the sound of birds twittering. And there is the wreckage laying all over the street. 
And the only thing that's going, you can hear the tape recorder. Either that, or if there was truly irony, there would be, he would have these, he had that fantastic tape, you know, where he's playing all this classic music. It's going, da, 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 In beautiful stereophonic sound, wide range, expanded sound, multiplex, and it's echoing out over the countryside. And his little bar is it's, it's flopped open, you know, in the little air. The, the little the little martini mixer is still going. His air conditioning keeps going, blowing cold air out through that cracked open roof, that plastic roof through which Charlie went. You can see his his outline, you know, the hands. He he went up there with his paisley colored sparkly his special steering safety wheel. He's 4,000 feet in the air, still holding the wheel. So it didn't go through his chest. It went through his ear. And Harry is up there. See? And his television set still has Johnny Carson. And Joshua Gabor is still saying, Fit Johnny, honey. And the crowd is roaring. And the quiet, empty countryside will echo to the sound of a 20th century gadget man who has just gone over the abyss in style. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of style, speaking of the abyss, it's tragedy. This is WOR, AM, and FM in New York. Gee, I'm singing great tonight. Great. The nice thing about movie making in Hollywood today is that you can throw away the book. But pick up the New York Times for real Hollywood news. Peter Bart, the Times reporter in Hollywood, tells why that news is so exciting. Hollywood has opened up and allowed in people with ideas. A lot of younger writers, directors, and performers, even producers. You no longer have that rigid studio setup where every bit of casting and the final cut and uh, the storyline had to be approved by a studio tycoon. A movie now can be made really with an extraordinary amount of independence. You can have a, a director really pick his cast and not a studio. And a writer will do a script without having everybody tell him what he can or can't say. So there's a lot of ferment, and this is one of the important stories to write about. And read about every day in the New York Times. If you're without it, you're not with it. For home delivery, call Murray Hill 70700. That's MU70700. WBAI, New York. Yes, sir. That's my baby. No, sir. Don't mean maybe. I don't know why. I've I've uh, I felt particularly on the muscle the last couple of nights. Have you noticed that? That's glandular, I guess. Now let's see. Now you can look your best in a new Woolmouth made-to-measure suit or coat and save money too. I don't know how that works. If you missed some of the January sales due to the transit strike and the snow, right now is the perfect time to get acquainted. What is this? Will you go out there and choke Bob for me? He gave me last year's copy. Bob, we are selling 1959 styles. It says you can get the big padded shoulders and the wide lapels. It says if you're looking for a set of peg top trousers, a really go, man, that come all the way up under your armpits, this is it. The new Zoot model. Bob, will you, what are you giving me here? 
crying out loud. Friends, Woolmouth, they're right up with it. If you're looking for a zoot suit, a pair of peg pants that go right up there, you know, with the big break at the knee. <laughs> you know, the kind of pants that you can turn around in and not even touch the sides. Well, here it is, Woolmouth, W-O-H-L-M-U-T-H. Yes, sir, they're known for the stripes that light up in the dark. Woolmouth, W-O-H-L-M-U-T-H, America's largest made-to-measure menswear specialist. They go. Hit the button, quick. Quick, 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 quick. What rotten production. The bright, clear taste in beer. The champagne of bottled beer. That's Miller Highlight. The happy sound is about famous Miller Highlight beer that has soared in popularity because millions more recognize the traditional quality and heritage of an unequal, unchangingly great beer. As it is Wherever a people fire. are living better, you'll find Miller Highlight <laughs> in handy take-home cans, on man, or in the familiar crystal clear Miller Highlight. Next time you want the very finest, Here they ask go. for Miller Highlight, the champagne of bottled beer, sparkling, flavorful, distinctive. Yeah. Hello, Dolly. What you know, Dolly? Rasmus and a Rudy Rudy tooth. Oh yes, Rover. I'm sorry. We have Rover here. Rover double a Rover. And now there it's a very fine machine. Oh, incidentally, uh, may I interrupt here for a moment that the I just received a bulletin that that same nutty engineer also has, get this, television in his airplane. And as you can see, I do not have to say this to you. The engineers have one hell of a good union. Okay? Now, let's see. We have uh, Rover here. It's a magnificent automobile, the Rover 2000, a beautiful English car. And if you're planning to pop for a car that's a car and not a toy this year, that goes all the way, a magnificent machine to drive, the boy, it tell, and let me tell you, this automobile, when you sit down in it, it grabs you. It holds you and says, let's go, baby. Except it doesn't do that. It says it like C. Aubrey Smith. Uh, <clears throat> Brack, this is the Rover 2000. If you'd like a picture of this magnificent machine, send your name and address to Con, uh, I mean, Rover, R-O-V-E-R, Rover. Rover, in care of his friendly radio station that's sitting right here with his hand outstretched, ready to make a deal with you anytime you're up to it. Okay, let's return to reality, shall we? Oh, uh, that reminds me, speaking of deal, it's already Thursday, isn't it? For crying out loud, it's Thursday. Well, what happened to Tuesday? I'm serious, it's Thursday. That means in just another day, after tomorrow, we will be back at the limelight again. Oh, gee whiz, gang. You know, I've been working on this coming show for the limelight for over four weeks now. And uh, I've got all kinds of gala surprises for you. It's going to be a laugh a minute. I'm going to wear my famous two-piece suit down there. I think it's very good. Uh, it's the one that zips up the back. Uh, I'm going to. It's it's one of those suits, you know, that all you, you see all the TV comics wear one of those shiny suits. 
You see in the Chinese they look like they're made of like like stovepipes. You know, they shine real good. And I've I've worked on that. I've I'm gonna I've done a big thing that involves a false beard. You've got it all set in the rubber and all that stuff. Okay. Now this is this coming Saturday night. Mr. Shepherd will do his fantastic version of Waiting for Godot. Which he does entirely. Now get this, now don't laugh. He does it entirely. You ready to do this? Entirely underwater. It's beautifully done. It's unbelievably dramatic. And I, I'll tell you this, there is hardly a dry eye in the house ten minutes after we start. In fact, there's hardly an eye in the house after we start generally. But after all, art cannot pander to the audience, right? Okay, audience. Uh, I expect you to be there. I expect a few friends out there who appreciate true art, who appreciate true sensibility, honesty, who appreciate genuine triviality. We will be there beginning 10.30 Saturday night at the limelight down in the village. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's the matter. <laughs> this is one of those nights you can't take anything seriously. I can't. I wish I could. You know, if if you... What? You can't get love and weather it. Is this what you want me to do? Oh, forget it. That's what I say. You know, speaking of uh, forgettable things, did I ever tell you that in the neighborhood... I was the kid that was known as the kid that could fix radios. Ever tell you that? I wonder how many kids are out there listening right now who are known as the local electronic wizard in their neighborhood. And the guys are continually bringing you radio sets or they're bringing you television sets. Over, I used to have a little racket. I'd, uh, when, when a guy would bring me a radio set, you know, I had a great set of uh, really good tubes like RCA tubes. Uh, like a Raytheon tubes, I'd take all the Raytheon tubes and out of it, and I'd put in these cheapies that I knew where I could buy in this crummy little radio shop. They didn't even have no, they didn't they didn't even have labels on them. And uh, <laughs> no, did you know that there was a there was a racket in this country that was a big thing for a long time? That uh, there were little factories where they would take radio tubes that people had thrown away, or that servicemen had taken out of sets, and they said they were bad, you know, and all that stuff, of rejuvenating them. Do you know about that, Skip? Well, all, they didn't really rejuvenate them. All. all they did was shake them and bang them, you know, <laughs> or else they put them in a, in a, in a socket and, and put a little extra voltage on them. You could put about 500 volts on the plate, you know, of a tube that should have about 100 volts, and the tube would go, <laughs> and it would work then. All of a sudden, it was shock treatment. See, the tube would be good now for another two and a half seconds of life. Uh, if you put it in a regular radio. And so then they would take these tubes and they would, they would buff the label off. They would just take the label off of these tubes and they would sell them in white boxes called specials. <laughs> you ever see those? And you could buy tubes that used to sell for like a dollar and a half. They'd sell them for 12 cents. Uh, you know, it's a serviceman special. And uh, you'd get uh, like a 6L6 that'd sell for uh, uh, 87 cents, something like that. You'd get it for 4 cents. And so I'd get all these tubes, see? and in would come the radio into my house. It has a beautiful set of Raytheon tubes, or beautiful set of Arcturus, or nice set, you know, the big blue ones, and a beautiful set of, of RCA, and I'd take them out, see, and I'd stick my cheapies in it. Oh, boy, would they work. They'd work like mad for about five minutes. And he'd take it back home. He'd turn it on. The set would go, yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, don't mean maybe. Yes, sir, that's my baby.
you're listening to a rotten person who's done some bad things in his day, I'm going to have a lot to answer for. I can see me up there before that great bar of justice and that great judge of us all is looking down that long white beard and he's got that big book with the golden cover, the parchment pages and the clouds are swirling on all side of me and I'm standing there about to be judged. And he looks down at me and says, Shepherd, let's look at the great book. Shepherd J.P., stand up. You are about to be judged. Heaven or hell, we shall see how your life was lived. And I'm looking up there and I said, well, he's got nothing on me. I paid all them tickets. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm clean. Absolutely clean. It's got nothing on me. And then he starts riffling through the pages. His big thumb goes down that long list of transgressions. And then he finally says, Shepherd, what's this I see? You put a phony 2A5 in an antwater can. And Mr. Stafford was reduced to a near case of hysteria when two... Look up, this is a 2A5. Oh, yeah, that phony 2A5. I'll never forget it was the one. Yeah, I got it at Millican's Radio Supply Store. And he told me that uh, it was good for about 10 minutes. He dropped it twice. And uh, they put 5,000 volts on the plate. It lit up like a Christmas tree. And she was ready to go. Oh, gee, was no. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful to be down there in that raging, fiery furnace with the flames roaring all up and down and people cheering and screaming and hollering and the poor damned souls are floating in the river sticks up to their neck in lava. And who will all those poor damned souls all around me be? Servicemen. They're going to be guys that phonied up the bill when you took your TV set in there. They're going to be guys that phonied up the tubes when you took your Atwater tent in there. And all of us are going to be bobbing up and down. And you know what our hell is going to be, fellas? We are going to continually... We're all, instead of a fiery furnace, all of us are going to face an enormous volt meter. It's going to be a volt meter that's going to go all the way to the clouds. And each one of us has got a set of leads. One positive lead with the red and one negative lead with the black. And we're going to continually have to run an eternal system analysis on a fantastic circuit that runs past us that is red hot and that sends 2,000 volt shocks up through our elbows. And we're going to continually have to look up at a fantastic meter face that has no needle. And it has no face. It has no numbers. And there's going to be an internal service manager off in the distance hollering at us. That's it's gonna be done in ten minutes. It's gonna be done in ten minutes. It's gotta be done. Oh, and you're gonna be continually checking conventions, continually checking resistors that dissolve and explode in your face eternally. On and on and on and on. Yes. It's radio service man's hell. Don't think I'm not on you guys. Not da 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 da
That's enough, that's enough. Don't give them too much. You can't get loving where there ain't any love. Oh, that reminds me. Do you want to hear a story that came out of Patterson? This is a... All you all you kid types out there, you listen carefully here. Now, you... I, really seriously, listen very carefully. I have got a story that came out of Patterson. The Patterson Evening News. And we have to give credit to the guy that wrote it, the reporter. A guy named Johnny Chick. And that's in the Patterson Evening News. And it's about a kid. Now, this kid reminds me very much of Guess Who... Oh yes, and he reminds me very much of Guess Who. And I and and at the all right. Oh, you want to hear this story now? Get very careful now. This is the kind of kid you either want to hit him in the mouth, or you want to applaud him. This is a kid who who when he's 112 years old is going to tell old other codgers sitting around there in the rocking chairs when the space when the capsules are whistling around. He's going to tell them about the great thing that he once did when he was a kid. And nobody will believe it. They'll say, oh, he's making it up. Come on, will you cut it out? Don't make stuff up. I don't, I'll, I'll believe a lot of stuff, but not this kind of stuff. This happened in Patterson, New Jersey. A simple little burger. Berg? Where's burgers that live in the Berg? Benjamin, hamburger. A burger. A simple little Berg resting over there just on the, on the behind side of New York City. Laying out there in that dark, stygian wasteland of New Jersey, with the wind howling over it night and day, and the people wandering like lost souls through the swampland, through the Jersey flats, eternally hunting for the golden grail, the golden apples, the golden fleece, eternally hunting for that thing, that thing that we're all hunting for, but only more so in Jersey. They hunt. Yeah. You want to hear it? All right, give me a little mood music, please, if you will. Uh, no, wait. Uh, let me see. What will I do for mood music that's good for mood music? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, I think that'll do it. Just give me a little horn blowing. That's very good. Excellent. Rasmataz. And there's a picture of this kid right on the front page of the Patterson Evening News. And he's the kind of kid, you know... That you see on these television shows, you know the TV shows where they have one team from the uh, Whoopi High School of Science and another team from uh, the the Fairlawn School of Knuckleheads, and they're sitting there and they're guessing and they're telling you know these these fantastic questions. He's just exactly he's got big thick glasses, big black rim glasses, you know, and he's pointing towards his discovery, his invention, with great pride. He is pointing at it. You know those great pictures they always have in the in the popular mechanics magazines? Those silly pictures where it shows this woman, she's got sort of a gummy look on her face, and she's pointing at the refrigerator. <laughs> and underneath it, the caption says, Housewife indicates new latch on refrigerator. And she's standing there. <laughs> You've seen those. Hilarious. All right. I'll, all right. Let's go now. All set? All you already out there? Great story. Patterson's first astronaut was rescued. This is Patterson, New Jersey. Listen carefully. I bet you never heard of this. Patterson's first astronaut was rescued Friday afternoon after the city's first manned space flight from the Totowa Oval proved an unbelievable 
catastrophic, fantastic, dismal flop. A 10-day-old hamster was rescued from boredom as Don Bosco, technical and vocational high school students, tried for 30 minutes to shoot him into space. Ain't easy being a hamster, especially in New Jersey. Yes, and it's also boring to be a hamster. Year after year, you just sit there, a little fat slob, and you gnaw with your teeth. You ever seen hamsters? They... It's about all they do. And here, for one brief 10-minute period, a hamster was about to be launched into the upper atmosphere. However, technical problems forced several postponements. And finally, the head scientist, 14-year-old Dr. Albert Shakel of 66 Dumont Avenue, Clifton, burned his missile in disgust. The project began well enough, friends, like so many of our little life's projects begin. It was going to be the first of its kind in the city. The school's biology department and chemistry club worked for months on the project. Finally, the rocket. Oh, listen, get, get, get. Hey, hey, come on, look, look, baby. Get me, get me antile. Quick, on the stick. Let's go. Come on, let's go. We only got to come. This is a great story. Come on, quick, 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 quick. All set out there. It was going to be the first of its kind in the city. The school's biology department and chemistry club worked for months on the project. Finally, the rocket was set to be launched at 3.15 p.m. Friday. The rocket was supposed to soar 500 feet in the air and parachute the hamster to safety. Then the students were going to study the effects of the flight on the hamster for the next few months. Young Dr. Shakel, the star of the afternoon, picked a crisp sunny day after school for his flight. The entire press was notified. By 3.15, the first test rocket, the test rocket, was set to go off. But photographers postponed the launching to take pictures of Dr. Shakel. His glasses gleaming in the sun, his fans standing around. He posed for the photographs, his black horn-rimmed glasses glistening. He posed graciously, bobbed and nodded and shook hands with various reporters who were on hand to watch the historic flight. At 3.18, the bright-eyed scientist touched the starting button hard, watched carefully, and nothing happened. He stood there for a second, unruffled. He went over and made an adjustment and pressed again. Nothing. Five minutes later, the test project was abandoned. Instead, the real rocket, ominously dubbed Ram One. What a fantastic name for a rocket. Ram One. Echo chamber, please. R-A-M. Ram One. Ram One was set to blast off from the plywood rocket fire control 6V launch pad. And the crowd stood around at a respectful distance. A hairless hamster was pushed into the two black rocket and, listen carefully, he immediately assumed a praying position. 
a praying position. Did you hear that carefully? A praying position. All right. Uh, hey, where's the rest of this thing? Can I take it on page one, page one. Oh, yeah. Yes. He assumed the praying position confidently as the rocket poised on that launch pad 6V. The hamster crouched over in his praying position confidently. 14-year-old Dr. Shakel, his glasses gleaming, his eyes narrowed to mare slits, his jaw squared. He pressed the button as some 40 wide-eyed students, Deputy Fire Chief Solomon Raines, who had been called on to keep an eye on the blast-off, all scurried for safety. Nothing happened. Dr. Shakel pressed the rocket again. It shook a little. Dr. Shakel pressed again. This time, the rocket shook a little more. And then someone noticed that the wind was blowing. He pressed it again. This time it didn't shake. The wind had stopped blowing. Uh, I'll have to check to see if the uh, heating elements and the multiple dipole uh, experimental frequency oscillator check element linear is working, he said, immediately snowing everybody around him. They stood respectfully. He and his 15-man group of specialists in the field then huddled and checked to see if the heating elements were working. They evidently came to some weighty scientific conclusions and uncrossed some wires. They said, we have discovered the problem. All right, all right, all of you back now. Here we go. Countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, three, twenty-six. Countdown time. Zero. Press. Nothing. Nothing. And then the crowd began to get a little bit restive. And by this time, Dr. Shakel's popularity had begun to wane just a bit. From out in the distance, someone hollered, Hey, why don't you try a balloon, huh? And Shakel turned and saw this square-jawed kid, old Scott Farkas, was yelling at him. Another one, Dr. Shakel kept his composure, but by 3.32 there was a worried look in his eyes. At about this point, he abandoned science and returned to the primitive, like all good pragmatic Americans. He tried a pocket Zippo lighter to light his rocket. Meanwhile, the hamster just sat and quietly prayed, and then his lighter went out. He changed the fuses. There were hisses, boos. Boo, boo! Hey, you're phony! Boo, boo, boo! And some wisecracks that we can't even repeat among the audience. In fact, the chief of police, as well as the fire chief, were among the chief hecklers. I have to say this. It's a terrible story. Attempting to regain his lost composure, Dr. Shakel called for a blowtorch. Five minutes later, the torch was brought from the school and thrown over the fence to Dr. Shakel's waiting arms. He caught it neatly. He lit the torch with his lighter and then attempted to light the rocket with the torch. People scurried away as Dr. Shakel bravely stayed on to burn a wing off the rocket. The hamster kept praying. Are you sure that torch is lit? Someone asked. The torch wasn't lit. Finally, Dr. Shakel drew a response from the crowd as the fuse caught fire and burned an impressive blue and fizzled out. The hamster kept praying. Chief Rains told the young scientist to call the experiment off, but the plucky student insisted on one more try without the hamster 
They took him out, and the youth turned up the torch and set fire to the bottom of the rocket as the crowd again scampered away. Over the protests of almost everyone, he picked up a missile and says, Oh, the heck with it! He threw it up in the air! It goes fully eight feet. And another American space experiment had come to disaster. Science undeterred will march on. We know that man will eventually achieve the stars. The rocket crashed to the ground, and the hamster kept praying and lived. And today, somewhere out there in the darkness, right now, there is a brave hamster. A brave hamster who is alive, who prayed to whatever gods hamsters pray to when they're about to be launched into orbit above New Jersey. Hamster, we salute you. They didn't even have the courtesy to give us your name. Your name is not Hamster. It's probably Pete. Or Fat Freddy. Or maybe Gladys. Hamster, we salute you, wherever you are. And Dr. Shakel, better luck next time. And if you're ready, I'm going to tell a story Saturday night on the limelight that will make Dr. Shakel's story look like kid stuff. The time me and Schwartz and Bruner invented our fantastic electric telephone and cost my old man $300 to the local police department who busted it, hit him on the head, put a bright light in his eye, and made him finally confess. You can't miss this. end to this morning's mass backwards gene shepherd from march 31st 1966 hamsters in space and a whole lot more we'll dedicate the first two-thirds of that show to grayson challenger another great eccentric engineer here at wbai new york see you next week right here at 4 a.m or sunday night 7 30 for the golden age of radio oscar edition what does that mean it means i'll be home watching the oscars but we'll have a fine tape for you so tune in. If you're not a movie buff, we'll bring you radio. The golden age of radio. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.